All right, we're here for a chat, and I have got a, a pretty big group with me, and I'm, I'm very excited about this because we're talking to students, and I don't know if you know this, but students are, of course, the future. And so uh, we are talking with folks who are young voters, who are engaged in politics, and uh, are in Missouri. And so that's, that's very exciting to me because I was once a young voter who was engaged in politics and, and a college student in Missouri. Uh, these folks are all uh, at Truman State University, which I did not go to. I went to the University of Central Missouri. Uh, I don't think I was smart enough to go to Truman right out of high school. It took me some time to uh, figure out that kind of that kind of book smarts. So uh, I've got Colleen O'Reilly. I've got Jack uh, Eichholz and Megan Nesbitt and Emily O'Leary. We're going to talk to everybody uh, in turn uh, about what their projects are. So I'm going to start with Emily, who has the Gateway to Facts project. So Emily... Uh, what is this project? Just give us kind of the really brief answer to what is Gateway to Facts and, and how do folks find it? Yeah, so Gateway to Facts is a group project. We are running a nonpartisan research-based blog, and we are fact-checking Democratic ads um, for Democratic candidates across the state. So, and, and do you guys have a social handle? Is it, I know I saw at least one of you on Twitter. Yes, yeah, so our... We have a Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, Twitter and Instagram are both Gateway to Facts. We're also Gateway to Facts on Facebook as well, but our website is modemocratadwatch.weebly.com. We'll make sure uh, we get all that in the show notes for folks too. Uh, so Show Me Facts, I've got Jack and Megan. Uh, so you guys tell us what Show Me Facts is and, and give us the, the handles for that. So small little correction, and our name actually used to be Show Me Facts, but once we got started, we changed it to Show Mo Facts. Oh, Show um, Mo Facts. Sorry, sorry. Just a little like point that we love Missouri, so we wanted to do Mo. Okay. Uh, and we're actually doing the exact same thing as Emily's group, but on the other side of the spectrum, we are fact-checking the Mo GOP. Excellent. And so I assume is it Show Mo Facts on Twitter now? Yes. Yeah. We're Shomo Facts. That's our um, handle on Twitter. And we have covered all the way up from statewide races for Senate. And then we've gone all the way down ballot to some um, even local races. So we try and run the gambit of all the races because all the races are important. Excellent. And then we've got Colleen O'Reilly. Uh, Colleen, what is your portion of this project? My group works on Valentine Proof Senate, which is a blog dedicated to lobbying for Trudy Bush Valentine to be elected to the U.S. Senate for Missouri. And so we aren't affiliated with the candidate, but we do like cover news stories about her and like try to post her policies throughout our blog and like hopefully educate Missourians about why she would be a good senator for us. So and does that one have a social handle as well? Yeah, so we're on Twitter at Valentine and then the number four Mo, and then we're on Instagram also at Valentine, the number four, and then Senate. Awesome. Colleen, uh, I'm going to kind of reverse order here. What got you into doing this project? Was it an assignment or is this something that like you, you got to choose what you were doing here? It is an assignment. It is an ongoing assignment for our political communication class at Truman State. Um, it's really fun. I really enjoy it. I'm always been like interested in politics. And so like being able to kind of like 
run a campaign, but not really like just lobby for a senator is really interesting to me. And I really enjoy the project because of that. So uh, Megan and Jack will show MoFax. I'm going to say it a couple times to make sure <laughs> that everybody gets it <laughs> right, because I didn't have it. Uh, <clears throat> show MoFax. Uh, how did that one come to be the way it is? Was that, you know, were you guys just chomping at the bit to do something like that? Or was it, you know, something that you discussed with a professor or something? I definitely think for our blog, so there were two options or two paths you could have taken for the project. You could do an advocacy um, blog, kind of like Colleen's doing for a specific candidate or you could do more of a general and um, nonpartisan blog where you fact check. And we chose to do the fact checking side just because I think a lot of us had kind of seen some of the ads early on before we started school, especially like, um, I know Eric Greitens infamous Rhino Hunter one and we're like, sure, hey, that's probably not cool. And someone should be like calling stuff like that out. So right. that's kind of the path we went down and decided to do that side for the project. Yeah, like I just assume Eric Schmidt using a blowtorch had to be fact-checked because there's no way he knows how to use a blowtorch. <laughs> so, uh, Emily, you're you're also doing a fact-checking, uh, and you're doing the the flip side of that with with gateway to facts. You're you're checking the Democratic ads. Was that you know was that just an, an interest in general on that side, or were you looking for you know w what led you that direction? Yeah, so we my group originally actually wanted to do the Democrat, not the Democrat, the Rep we originally wanted to do the Republican fact checking, but that was already kind of taken. Uh -huh. And I'm a journalism major, so I'm more into like the research based um, mm -hmm. and finding the facts. So I thought it'd be really cool um, to do the Democrat ad watch and I don't know, because I, I was more of a left-leaning person, so mm -hmm. I thought, like, challenging my own beliefs would be pretty cool on that. Yeah, absolutely. And that leads me to the next question. Uh, I'll stick with you, Emily. So so what are the challenges that you have found doing this, uh, you know, whether it's finding ads that need to be, you know, finding a good ad to check or... You know, is it setting aside your own bias? Is it finding good sources? What's what's difficult for you about it? Yeah, so I would definitely say finding content to cover has been a big challenge. We've also started to cover like social media posts mm -hmm. from different candidates. Um, I don't think that it's that hard for me personally to set beside my own beliefs because I tend to look at like graphs and like statistics to like kind of like back check claims if that makes sense. So. Yeah, no, that, that, that makes good sense. Uh, Colleen, uh, why, you know, th these guys are Jack and Megan Emily, right? This group, uh, they're, they're over here fact checking stuff and you're over here pushing somebody on us. You, you know, you, you're trying to tell us what to think. So <laughs> what, what led you down that path to support uh, Trudy Bush Valentine in this project? Uh, I support Trudy Bush Valentine mostly because um, she aligns with like my political views pretty well. Um, also because I don't enjoy Eric Schmidt. I find mm -hmm. Trudy Rich Valentine to be a calming presence, like mm -hmm. compared to Eric Schmidt, especially. Uh, I can't imagine if Eric Greitens was the Republican nominee. I think that it would be even more obvious that she is a calming <laughs> presence in Missouri. Um, I think it's also interesting um, to do a candidate thing. I am a political science and communication major. And so mm -hmm. like the politics and the communication are interesting to me. And so seeing like how her team specifically does their communication 
and then how we can kind of not exactly like model our communication off of that, but find pieces of their information that we really associate with and that we want our audience to also know about is really interesting to me. Yeah, I imagine if Eric Greitens was the nominee, a hot bag of microwave popcorn would be a calming presence at this point. So <laughs> Jack and Megan, uh, are you guys having the same problem that Emily's having in finding content or is there more content from the Republican side to to dig into? I think it is a little bit difficult for us because in a red state like Missouri, a lot of Republicans don't have to put ads out because it's likely that they just have that name recognition already. So we have struggled a lot. And that's why a lot of our blog is focused on Eric Schmidt, because he's one of those races that is putting out constant ads. But we tried to focus on local elections and there's just so little ads locally. I think we got a few uh, from Mark Alford and KC and maybe a few from Eric Burleson in District, I think, seven. But it's definitely been a struggle. And as soon as we do see an ad, our group chat is going off. It could be 2 a.m. We're like, there's an ad. Somebody needs to do this one. Yeah. J- Jack, what kind of sources, you know, where are you finding stuff other than just, you know, television ads? Are there places where you can find political ads a little more easily? Yeah, we've definitely tried to move even more towards, like, other social media posts because essentially – those are ads because they're trying to, you know, get a message out there, communicate something to someone. No, that, that, that makes sense. I would imagine that's, I would imagine most of the political content these days is going to be easier to find on social media. I'll tell you what was interesting and it sort of overlaps with what all you're doing. Uh, So I play one of those uh, stupid games on my phone that you have to watch ads uh, to, to play and we can all pretend like we don't, but we all play these games. So, (laughs) you know, I'm playing it the other day. And this ad pops up, and it's this guy on the screen talking about China and farmland. And at the top of the screen, I realize it's a Trudy Bush Valentine ad that's been pushed into my phone game. And I can't do anything to get rid of this this ad. I have to watch this ad. Um, is that something? Have you guys come across those? Colleen, your, your face lit up like a Christmas tree when I just said that. Are you aware of that ad? You know, anybody can answer this, you know. Yeah, I definitely have seen that ad, like following along with Valentine's campaign. Um, We actually wrote a post about like Eric Schmidt selling farmland or like allowing farmland to be sold to China um, after that ad came out because it really sparked like in me, especially like my family has farmed the same land for generations in Missouri. And so I was like, I want to write about this because that should not be allowed. And so the strong stance that Valentine has taken on that and like obviously pushing that ad out, I was like, I relate to that. And I want her to be my senator because of that. What about Jack and Megan? Have you guys come across that at all? Yeah, we've definitely seen that ad. And I think going back to kind of that question you had earlier about why it's a little bit harder to find ads, Mm -hmm. you know, both Megan and I and then our other group member were, you know, more left-leaning people. So we're not plugged into that kind of right or yeah right wing information ecosphere so we're like we're only scraping the surface really of like the ads that people are seeing i'm sure because you know today they can be so targeted at people they can get really specific on even the issues you care about Mm -hmm. so because we're not plugged into that we have no idea really what people who actually might vote for some of these candidates are seeing and what information is being shown to them and that's something I think we're trying to get better at, you know, the other day I made a fake email account and signed up for like Eric Schmidt's website to see Mm -hmm. if maybe I can start getting emails from him Mm -hmm. um, just to see what people are actually hearing about and not just, you know, what they're posting on Twitter. So 
Emily, uh, have you found these these push ads that we're talking about with Trudy Bush Valentine? Have you seen them with any other candidates? And have you found a way to kind of force different things into your timeline so that you can see things that you might not normally see? Um, I haven't seen any push ads necessarily. Um, I know with our Twitter, um, I followed a bunch of um, Republicans and Democrats so I could get like more of an idea of like what they're thinking because I don't necessarily follow up a bunch of politicians on my social media. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting more of that content um, through a different feed has been really helpful. So that would explain why suddenly I got these follows. So I was like, what are, what are these things that are following me? And then <laughs> I noticed the the project. I mean, that, that's how I came across you guys, obviously, was Twitter uh, and reaching out. And I think it's a really interesting uh, project that you guys are working on. Um, is Is there a goal in particular with this project? Is there some type of, you know, we're shooting for this, we're trying to do that, we're trying to, you know, we have this hypothesis or... Is it just a general, you know, collection? So I actually talked to our professor about it today because I just want to make sure I didn't say anything incorrect. Uh, And I just asked him, like, why he does it, because it is an ongoing project every single year that he teaches the course. Oh, cool. And rather than like a goal of how many followers we want to get or how many people we want to reach, it's more about what we're going to learn because he can teach us these theories about framing and agenda setting theory. He can teach us those, but doing these blogs and interacting with political communication is teaching us more than writing a paper would. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that the framing thing is so important and something that I just, you know, people really don't comprehend framing because why would you? It's kind of boring to learn about, you know, on paper, but knowing the difference between, you know, if I were to say, you know, to, to, to Colleen, if I were to ask Colleen the question, you know, why do you feel the need to push an agenda of a billionaire heiress uh, for Senate versus saying, why do you feel the need to support somebody with the, with the experience and calm presence of Trudy Bush Valentine, right? The, the actual question is the same. Why do you support Trudy Bush Valentine? But the frame of the question are radically different on, you know, what, what I'm pushing in that direction. Um, what, what's the most outrageous thing somebody's come across at this point that, that you found, you know, the, the craziest ad or an ad that you thought was crazy, but it turned out was totally right? I would say for our group, um, one of the posts I just did recently was Um, This has kind of been a main Republican talking point I've seen a lot throughout a lot of the midterm messaging. It's that um, President Biden and the Inflation Reduction Act will lead to 87,000 new IRS agents Mm -hmm. that um, a lot of Republicans call an army that's Mm going to descend upon the middle class in places like Missouri to like forcibly take their money. Right. And that one was so interesting to me because it was so easy to show that that wasn't true and it was being spread on you know facebook and twitter but also through sites like Infowars and like some of those far-right um sites but it's things like um things like that that even majority leader kevin mccarthy are talking about and it's like you can talk about the increase in funding for the irs and say how that aligns with your position even without lying about the number of people and saying an army of IRS agents are going to descend upon the middle class. Like you can 
have a message that tells the truth that still appeals to your supporters. And it just, I feel like it shows that, you know, we think politicians always are untruthful and a lot of times they are, but if we kind of call them out, you know, that's how we start to demand that they actually start telling us the truth because we might agree with them when they tell the truth too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Emily, have you found anything that, you know, you know, you say, Hey, I'm, I'm admittedly, I'm on the left. I'm fact checking the left. That's a difficult thing. Have you come across something that kind of, you know, caught you by surprise or shocked you to go, Oh, wow. I, I wouldn't have thought that they were trying to, you know, kind of get this one under the rug, so to speak. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of our ads while they do like, I would say like about half of our ads that we've like fact checked have like all been on like the mostly true side, but I, there's a surprisingly amount of number of ads that we've covered that mm-hmm. have been like on the false side, which I think is really interesting because I've always like personally had like this vision of like, oh, I feel like Republicans are the liars, mm-hmm. but like, it's interesting because like you're seeing more of like oh like this isn't the full truth and like a lot of it is like embellishment um which makes it more lean on the false side which i thought was really interesting um but like our most false ad um was about um somebody had a tiktok and um it was like him talking about um ronda santis and about the martha's vineyard situation Mm -hmm. And it was, like, almost mostly false, completely false. And we had actually, like, posted about it. And then he tweeted us, calling us gaslighting. Um, and then he deleted <laughs> the tweet. So, <laughs> so that, that's beautiful. You know you're getting it right if somebody feels the need to attack you like that. That's, that's like sign number one that you're doing the right thing is if somebody responds to you that way. Hey, folks, Adam Summer here. Just wanted to remind you, you can get signed up for our Patreon. You can get links to all of our shows, information about our hosts and what we do over at heartlandpod.com. Sign up for our Patreon. You get extra episodes, extra access. You can also follow us on all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, and of course on Twitter. We love to interact over there with at the heartland pod on Twitter. Just search for us and find the three leaves. Any place you find podcasts or social media will be there. Give us a rating if you can. Five stars. Really appreciate it. And now let's get back to the show. Colleen, uh, talk about so so Jack and Megan's blog that they put up uh, talks about the this recent ad that the Schmidt team put up about Trudy Bush Valentine, where and I I I tweeted it with our Heartland Pot account and said I think it's a racist ad, but uh, aside from that part of it, it's also a factually inaccurate ad, uh, as their blog points out. Colleen, have you found that that is Part of the, is that a big issue that you're coming across trying to do a support blog is, you know, sorting through this stuff? Not necessarily. I think that the biggest challenge that my group faces is like finding stories to write about with Trudy Bush Valentine, because mm-hmm. like I said, she kind of like, she's not a super political person, even though she is running for office. And yeah. so she can try as much as she wants, like, to put herself in this really partisan position, but she's no Eric Schmidt. She's not, she doesn't have like a platform that she's been living off of her entire life and that people can attack her on. So that's where we're getting these ads that are calling her, um, like you're talking about where 
we're talking about associating her with Ilan Omar, Cori Bush, AOC, and saying that she's going to defund the police. You don't know that she's going to defund the police. A lot of Democrats don't want to defund the police. They just want to make it so that the police aren't harming citizens. They want to make sure that police are doing their job and protecting citizens. Uh, and so I think that a Republican or anybody who's saying that, oh, she's just going to be like any other Democrat, they're not really looking into the candidate and they're instead voting on party lines. And I don't think that that's fair to Trudy Bush Valentine or to Eric Schmidt or to any candidate in the race. You know, I think that their platform deserves to be examined a little more closely. So Jack and Megan, y'all have the, the blog here and you've got the pants on fire a meter uh, so how bad does it have to be? So you rated this ad from team Schmidt that is, uh, trying to tie Trudy Bush Valentine to something that she, A, has never said, but B is actually just an attempt to, to be racist. Um, but how did it get, you, know, you got moderate, high, extreme and catastrophic. So how did this get rated as extreme with significant levels of untruthfulness and or misleading statements? Is there a metric for it? Yeah, it's, we rate it, uh, the person who's writing the blog. So we have three members that we write uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So we rate it based on what we thought and like how many facts and claims were kind of checked in the ad. So I believe in that one, there was only kind of one. So that's why I didn't go catastrophic with it. But there was a little bit of truthfulness in the ad. So that's why it's kind of the second to highest. Yeah. Has there been one that has... Uh qualified as catastrophic i'd be very interested yes so like i mentioned before that one about the irs agents uh-huh. it was just so outlandish and untrue and it was only a tweet too so it's only two sentences long two sentences long but when both of your sentences are really like outlandish and easily proven false yeah that gets you a catastrophic on the pants on fire meter yeah so has anybody uh this is open to anybody have any of you, you know, through this experience gotten more interested in a future where you're maybe working in politics or has it in fact done the opposite where you're just like, oh, I'm going to change my major? Yeah, I am a communication major. I've never been interested in politics. I actually just really like the professor of this course, uh-huh. uh, Dr. J. Self. And I went to him and was like, I need another elective. And he was like, I'm teaching this one. So when I got into it, I actually wasn't very interested. And Jack and our other group member are actually poli sci majors. So I was like, I'm going to struggle with this. They're going to know so much more than me. But as it's gone on, I've actually found myself really interested and I'm actually staying in tune with politics. I can name governors from other states now, which I've never been able to do. (laughs) I don't know if I see it as a big future for me, but I could see myself working on a campaign or two. Yeah. What about everybody else? Yeah, Jack, Colleen, Emily. Yeah, like Megan said, I'm a political science major. So I came into Truman, you know, wanting to do politics. But I think this blog has definitely shown me that you know, because I'd always been interested in more progressive politics and pushing that side, but there's also this other side that's, you know, more independent and actually like looking at, are they actually telling the truth? And that's mm-hmm. a side I hadn't really explored before. And like, yeah. you know, you kind of have these opinion leaders in your life and you're like, oh, whatever they tell me, like, that's the truth. But no, right. you can actually like do your own research and find out information and it really doesn't take that long. Emily, what about you? I don't know if I could work on a campaign per se, but I've really, really enjoyed doing the fact-checking portion of the project. So I could see myself doing more of that. What about you, Colleen? You're kind of working a little bit. You know, you're not part of a campaign, but you're sort of 
doing that more directional type stuff, do, do you see that as something you'd want to do formally or, you know, is it more of a run for office thing perhaps? It is definitely not a run for office thing. I'll tell you that. But I have always been interested in how campaigns work. Um, I actually took part in a cohort last semester through Lead Mo Action uh, about like campaign training, and it really like made me interested. And so when I saw that this yeah. class was being offered, I was like, okay, political communication. I think that'll be interesting. I'm going to sign up for the class. I'm going to take it. Um, and I just had my political science major then when I signed up for it, and then. I entered the class and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so interesting. I want to make sure that I like do the communication aspect of political communication as well. Yeah. So I added the second second major and it really has cemented my interest in campaigns and like in communication and politics and in some way incorporating both of those into my life. I think that will be very interesting. So is are y'all Missouri folks? Is everybody from Missouri? Yeah. I'm originally from Iowa. So oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you're in that part of Missouri that's basically Iowa. So that that, that <laughs> true. <laughs> southern Southern Iowa, Northern Missouri. What's the difference? Um so what uh you know, has anybody learned anything that has surprised you in this? Like something that you just completely did not expect at all coming into this thing? I feel like one thing I've learned is how easy it is just to get something on TV. You know, our blog is three undergraduates and a laptop, and we're able to disprove these things that are on like cable news, like cable TV shows. So it's like, you know, there might not be like that high of standards for what like goes on TV. Right, right. Yeah, that's a, I think that's a great point uh, that, you know, it turns out all you really need to do to get something on television is have the money to get it on television. Everything else yeah. is kind of irrelevant at that point uh, in time. Uh, what about anything that's, you know, has anybody found something that, that kind of sort of disappointed them along the way in this journey? Uh, personally, I came into this class not being a super huge fan of Trudy Bush Valentine. I didn't think that she was like the most qualified candidate for the job in the primary and so I knew that I wanted to cover the Democratic candidate on my blog, but I was like, I don't necessarily want to cover Valentine. Um, and so it can sometimes be disappointing, like to look at her policies and to think, oh my gosh, she's not doing enough. But I think about it and I'm like, but she's going to do more than Eric Schmidt. Mm -hmm. And so that's, it's kind of like a little bit of disappointment that we don't have a more progressive candidate, but understanding that like, she kind of has a uh, the ability to win this seat versus Eric Schmidt and like to represent Missouri and to kind of move us in a more progressive way. Um, I think just recognizing like the political atmosphere that we're in, I think that she is the best candidate for the job. Let me put you on the spot. Let's make a prediction. Who's winning that election? Do you think? Do you think Valentine can win it? Like for real? Oh, absolutely. I think that Trudy Rush Valentine is going to be the next senator of Missouri. What uh, what what makes you say that? Back up your work. I think that this is the part the professor will like. <laughs> yeah, Doctor <laughs> Self is going to love this part. Of the... I think that Trudy Rush Valentine has a shot because of the overturning of Roe versus Wade, uh, with the Dobbs decision, and with Eric Schmidt taking such a harsh position on it and basically outlawing any type of abortion in Missouri. I also think that because of the um, number three amendment, the marijuana amendment in Missouri, I think that youth voters are going to turn out 
and youth voters are more heavily Democratic. Also, the people that are going to show out to vote because of the row overturning are going to be more Democratic, mm -hmm. and they're probably going to be more likely to elect a woman because of the political atmosphere than they are going to be to elect Eric Schmidt, who basically took away their rights. Um, and so I think because of those two things that Trudy Rich Valentine has more of a shot this year than she would have any other year. Give, give her an A for that one, Professor. That was a hell of an answer. Um, so about Amendment 3, I know this wasn't really on the on the topic list, but that's an interesting point, talking about young people voting on Amendment 3. Is that something, you know, because I remember college. Uh, I remember voting in college. And I remember none of my friends making it to vote in college other than a couple. So is that something that has that changed? Have I finally reached the age where I know I'm too old to know what it's like to be in college anymore? Are people more engaged? Are your friends more engaged? Is Amendment 3 enough? Like, is that enough to get their asses out of bed and get to the polling place on a Tuesday? I think that is definitely going to be a big factor, especially our schools located in Kirksville, Missouri, which is sometimes purple, but mainly red when it comes to voting. And we've seen some like no on three signs. And I think when students see that, they get a little mad and they want to go out and vote. Is the no on three stuff making it through the campus? Is that message getting through? Because I've talked with uh, one particular lobbyist, Ethan uh, Thampy, and he's coming back on the show to talk again about Amendment 3. Um, and I'm interested to know, is that just like, is it just a social media bubble thing where the progressives and libertarians are super active on Twitter? And so it seems like the no on three is a big deal. Or are you guys seeing in, you know, around town and on campus, are you seeing people kind of being like, eh, yeah, I mean, I want to vote to legalize marijuana, but it's not, it doesn't go far enough. I don't think I've seen anything on campus, but uh, like the minute you step off campus you're in kirksville and there's anytime you see a no on three sign right next to it there's an eric schmidt sign and i've seen quite a few in kirksville interesting what about emily colleen anything different than that i have had conversations with people who uh, note that like the amendment doesn't go far enough uh one person that i was talking to noted that like mar even if marijuana is legalized recreationally in the united states and in missouri um, we're still going to keep the same res same restrictions about who can grow and sell marijuana. So it's not really doing that much for anybody except the people who are buying it. It'll it'll be it'll be an interesting thing to see. I, I like the idea of watching how that vote turns out versus some of these races and does it have an impact? I think that's going to be the biggest question coming out of the Missouri election. Right? Is do the numbers of Amendment Three match up with the numbers of any single one? race because we've heard how many years in a row we hear well for you guys not as many but for those of us who are older for many years we have heard uh you know missourians will vote yes on progressive things on ballot initiatives but then they will vote for regressive conservative candidates uh, at the ballot box with the the party label so that's certainly going to be very interesting so well let's uh what's something that you guys are looking for let's do one at a time start with emily something that you're looking for between now and election day uh you know that's that's interesting to you whether it's one race or some you know just something like just anything looking forward to yeah like, anything you know in um, politics like not like you know there's a movie coming well, out but like something political. right <laughs> um I would really like to see more growth on our blogs. Um, I think that they're really important within like um, political communication and like 
um that public space right now um and I think seeing more of like you're seeing like your candidates saying one thing but what like is it really true I think that would be a lot of like help in voters making like informed decisions what about uh, uh Jack I guess I'm excited to start to see, especially I'm hoping we get um, a lot more ads because I know a lot of um, mm-hmm. incumbents and stuff like save their money for the end and then just flood the airways. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping those will pop up. Um, but I guess I'm going to see like what are their closing messages really? Are they going to focus more on the culture war stuff or more on you know the economic side and inflation? Because we've seen particularly Eric Schmidt, he's like, kind of gone through phases it feels like a lot of times he's like you know conservative guy who focuses on kitchen table issues and then he's next week he's culture warrior so i'm Mm -hmm. curious to see how he ends the campaign and what message he decides is his best going into election day colleen what about you uh i have plans to hang out with a lot of my political science friends on election night so i'm really looking forward to that and just watching uh how the polls shape up and like obviously what candidate wins uh races I think that's going to be interesting. Also going off of what Jack said, I think that the best attack ads come out like right now. And so I'm really interested to see what everybody's going to be putting out. Uh, Megan, how about you? Uh, I think I'm looking forward to elections being over because my birthday is (laughs) November 9th. So if we can get through elections, we can get to my birthday. But also the biggest goal that I've set for myself is to get Eric Schmidt to notice our blog. I tweet him once a day. I think our professor actually said that I'm bullying him one day in class. So that is my goal. I would be so excited. I just want him to notice our blog because out of the 22 posts we've made so far, I think half of them have been fact checking him. So I just, I would love to get interaction from him. Well, it's pretty simple, right? All you got to do is put out a tweet that says that there's a local mask mandate going into effect at some type of a school <laughs> and he won't be able to resist it. It's like the siren song for him. So that, that should be easy enough. Uh, well, well, hey, uh, you know, tell, tell your friends and I'll tell you guys and, and you know, perhaps uh, we'll have to see if we can arrange it because uh, on election night on the 8th, we're going to be live uh, here at the Heartland Pod. We're going to have uh, a live stream going. Uh, so, you know, because or you could watch CNN, I guess. So, you know, we're going to have a live stream going to talk a little bit more specifically about Missouri and what's going on. And we'll have some friends stop by. So maybe we can get some some of you all in and, and see if some of your predictions hold up and, and whatnot. So uh, thank you to Jack and Megan and Colleen and Emily. And uh, I think I think thank you to Megan, maybe for reaching out. I think you're the social media person. So uh, thanks for reaching out. Thanks for setting stuff up and I uh, appreciate y'all's time and, uh, you know, good, good luck with the rest of the semester and all this. And, uh, if you guys make it to the other side, maybe, you know, keep us in mind and, uh, you know, maybe we, maybe we could talk internships here, here at the pod as we grow. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. The Heartland Pod is a production of Midmap Media, LLC. Follow us on Twitter with at the Heartland Pod. With email, you can reach us, heartlandpod2020 at gmail.com, online with heartlandpod.com, subscribe, and please sign up for our Patreon with patreon.com slash heartlandpod. Become a podhead or an official podgressive today and unlock all of our content. See you at the next show.